Let's pray. Lord, uh, the story about Nehemiah and uh, open our hearts as we explore this story and uh, speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's a book I read a few years ago by a woman called Susan Scott. It's called Fierce Conversations. That sounds a bit terrifying, but actually, as I say, it's really fascinating. Uh, and th in this book, it says, it doesn't say that we should go around the place having, you know, lots of rows and arguments with people. What it's really saying is that we should face up to the things that we really need to talk about and say to one another, uh, the things that, the difficult and dangerous conversations uh, that we're probably avoiding, both at home and in our work. So it's not about going around, fierce conversations, not about going around screaming and shouting at people, but it's about finding the honesty, the courage and the integrity to be able to say something and to be able to listen, to have that kind of conversation in love with someone else. Um, one of the things that Scott says in the book is that companies and marriages derail because of the things that people are thinking but never say. And I think that's quite a telling uh, comment uh, that we can all relate to because I expect we all know situations where we look back and say, well, you know, that marriage would have worked if he hadn't done this or this or have you, or these things would have, this, this company would not be in this situation if this, that hadn't happened. All these things that maybe were known at the time, but no one had the honesty, the courage, and the integrity to say at the time. Uh, so I want to encourage you to have a think about what are the most important things that you might need to talk about or to say with each of the most important people in your own lives, both at work and at home, it might be um, it might be a boss who you find uh, over controlling. It might be a friend who has a problem, like a drink problem or something you never talk about. It might be something actually positive, like a parent or someone in your family who you've never really thanked for something that they've done in the past, who you've never really said that you love them and you value them and, you, and, and you're grateful. That's what having a fierce conversation means. And in this passage with Nehemiah, we find that Nehemiah has to face up to having a fierce conversation with his boss. I'm just going to briefly recap before we pick up the story because I know that a few of you were not here last week. So Nehemiah, it's set in about 450 BC in a place called Susa. We're in the Persian court. And uh, Nehemiah 
is a sort of top official there. He's a cupbearer, um, which means that he probably had to taste the king's wine to check it hadn't been poisoned. But he has quite a senior position of authority and trust. He's Jewish, and he's uh, in Babylon because he, he about five generations earlier, uh, his ancestors were deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. And so he's grown up in this environment, but he still remembers Jerusalem and the community of people who survived there, who are still there. Anyway, he's done well. He's got this top job in the Persian court. He's in a position of trust and authority, but he is unhappy. And the reason he is unhappy is because he's heard of what life is like in Jerusalem and how much people are in trouble there and how the city lies in ruins and the walls are, have been, um, have crumbled down and, uh, and, and, and lying in waste. So he's feeling very upset about that and he prays about it and he prays for a long time and he prays for God to do something about it. I think he prays for about four months He's praying for God to do something, and eventually he realizes that the answer his, to his prayer is for him to do something. Gary talked about this last week. He said, you know, so often we say, Lord, Lord, won't you do something about this? Uh, and uh, the answer to the prayer is, I was going to ask you to do something about this yourself. You know, we are the ones very often who can be the answer to our prayer. So, Nehemiah, he prays, he prays, um, and he realizes that he has to do something about it. So what's he going to do? How is he going to get from Susa to Jerusalem? It's about a 1,000 miles away. I mean, I guess that he could just run off. I mean, I guess he could just leave without permission. Uh, the alternative is to ask permission from uh, the king. And there again, I think he has options. He could perhaps make up some excuse. He could lie about why he needs to go, or he could simply tell the truth. Now, he decides to tell the truth, even though he's afraid of doing that, uh, because actually the reason why the walls of Jerusalem lie in ruin is mainly because King uh, Artaxerxes has passed a law saying, there is to be no rebuilding in Jerusalem. So he's going to go to this man and tell him that he wants to go to Jerusalem to rebuild these walls. So why, why is the king likely to be um, helpful and positive about that request? So it's a difficult and dangerous conversation that Nehemiah needs to have. It's what I would call a fierce conversation that he decides to have. He prays about it. He really prays about it, that God will be with him as he goes to see the king. He says, um, he prays for success and that uh, mercy may be seen in this man. Anyway, so this is where we pick up the story today. Nehemiah decides to have this fierce conversation with the king and how does it go? Well, first of all, uh, when he arrives, the king notices at once that something's up, that something's wrong. 
uh, Nehemiah is not his usual cheerful self. And the king says, you know, why do you look sad? You're not supposed to be sad in my presence. Uh, So that makes Nehemiah feel a bit nervous uh, right away. Uh, But he tells it to the king straight. He says, I am upset. How can I not be sad because the city of my ancestors lies in ruins? So the king says, hmm, so what's that to do with me? What, what do you actually want me to do about that? Well, Nehemiah, he knows that now he's got to really come out with it and tell him that he wants to go back and rebuild the walls, which he knows might not go down very well. It means he could lose his job. He could lose his life even if the king takes this the wrong way. So he does a quick prayer in mid-conversation. He prays to God. Uh, something, I don't know whether you ever do that, but sometimes, actually, if I'm having a difficult conversation, then I just take a moment and silently in my heart pray, Lord, help me. And this is what Nehemiah does. And then he has the courage to tell the king why, what he wants to do. And he wants, he says, to take some leave and to go to Jerusalem and build up the walls of the city. And amazingly, the king says, okay. And more than okay, he says, um, I'll give you these letters, like a sort of passport for safe passage on this journey. Uh, I'll give you some resources to do the rebuilding, and I'll, I'll even send you a military escort with him. So, I, I mean, all this probably shows us something about the person that Nehemiah was, that the king respected him that much um, and trusted him that he would go back to Jerusalem and do this job without stirring up rebellion. So Nehemiah is thankful to Artaxerxes and he's also thankful to God because now he can get on and do God's will. He can go and do the work calling him to do. So that's a wonderful example of what I'd call a fierce conversation. There are loads of fierce conversations in the Bible where people are having their honest, dangerous and difficult conversations. And you see it, of course, a lot in the Gospels with Jesus has many, many fierce conversations with his disciples, with the Jewish authorities. So... Why does all this matter today? What's all this got to do with us today? Well, I like to say to you that if we are truly trying to do God's then very often that will involve having these fierce conversations. It will involve having difficult and dangerous conversations. There are important things that God wants us to do in our lives. And what are those things? They, you know what those things are. They are the things that are not right enough, that they are tackling and facing up to the things that are not right in our own lives, in our families, at work, in our community, in the world around us. We can all ask ourselves, what is 
the kind of walls of Jerusalem problem in our lives? What is lying in ruins in our lives? And what is stopping us from doing something about that? Maybe there is someone you're afraid of making angry, someone you're afraid of upsetting, that is stopping you from being the answer to your own prayer, the thing that you're worrying about day by day, the thing you're praying about day by day that maybe could uh, be the answer to if you're willing to have this difficult and dangerous conversation. So if you examine those relationships, as I said, around you, the things going on in your life, and if you identify things where maybe you need to have the honesty, the courage, the integrity to have that conversation. How are you going to do it? Well, I want to suggest do it precisely how Nehemiah does it, how Jesus does it, which is to pray, a pray at length, so you know that what it is you're doing is God's will. And then to pray about the conversation you need to have. Pray before it, pray during it, and to be real. It's not, as I said before, angry with people. It's about being honest. It's about having integrity. It's about saying how you feel and listening and doing all of those things in love. And trusting that God is in the situation, that God will give you the words to say, and that God will also prepare the hearts of the people you're talking to. Jesus. We see where his fierce conversations take him. He's doing God's will. It does involve fierce conversations. It does take him to the cross, but it does ultimately take him to the triumph of Easter Day. Now, I'm not going to um, I spoil things uh, with Nehemiah and tell you what happens next, uh, but we'll see what happens to Nehemiah, who is also trusting, doing God's will, facing up to the difficult situations that that involves. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we thank you that you are in our lives and that you love us so deeply, that you're always with us. And we ask that you bring to mind the things that we need to face up to in our lives and the world around us, the things where we are praying for you to do something, but where you tell us that we can be the answer to that prayer. Help us to identify those difficult and dangerous conversations, ones that where we really need to say what we feel, where we know we can bring, um, where we hope we can bring resolution and reconciliation so, Lord, we pray that as with Nehemiah, you will be with us. You will guide us in every conversation that we have. 
that you will give us d and courage and integrity and love in all the relationships that you have blessed us with. In Jesus' name, amen.